0: your boy, DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm Mike Lindsley. It is indeed the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, and you are listening to the Pandemonium Podcast. Make sure you follow Built in Buffalo all over the major platforms, including YouTube and uh, Facebook and, of course, on Twitter, at BuiltInBuffalo underscore growing every single day. Wall-to-wall, seven days a week Buffalo Bills content with the, the audio, the video, with articles on the website, you name it, it's all there to cover the Buffalo Bills, and I got to tell you, I'm bringing on an unbelievable guest to the program. He covers the University of Florida uh, football team for FloridaGators.com. You can go see his work there, and he's going to give us uh, his insights on Kyrie Elam, the cornerback. The Bills traded up a couple of spots to get in the first round. Let's bring in Scott Carter, Florida Gators football insider. Uh, Scott, really great to have you, man. Welcome aboard.
1: Hey Mike, thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's get into uh this Kyrie Elam pick for the Buffalo Bills. What are they getting with Elam?
1: Well, I mean they're getting a, a guy who clearly he's got I think it's probably his best trait right now I mean he's got a really high football IQ. Uh just because, you know, of his background. I mean his father, Abram Elam, played in the in the NFL. His uncle Matt Elam played here at Florida about a decade ago as a first round pick and played in the NFL. And I mean, he's just been in that environment. And that's been his goal uh, ever since he was a young kid. And, you know, look, you look at what he did at Florida, his stats don't necessarily jump out at you. But, um, I mean, he was kind of, he distinguished himself pretty early here at Florida. So teams obviously went away from him a lot. And, that's kind of why you don't see maybe some numbers with picks and stuff that you do from, you know, players who are getting drafted in the first round, like from his position, but he's got all the, all the tools. He's, and really, I think again, his, his best trade is he, he just understands what it's going to take at the next level. You know, you see a lot of young guys come in and uh, maybe get overwhelmed a little bit and everything that's thrown at him. I just don't see that happening. Uh, with care he was a guy here who uh, he was a leader right from the start he was a member of the uh, you know the sec leadership council which is kind of a big deal if the team nominates you for that award so uh, i think that's more than anything and getting a guy who's really hungry to get better
0: okay how early that you know of or that you heard how early were the bills in on this guy
1: well, you know, you hear so much stuff out there, but they were certainly, I think, a player, you know, just because of their offseason um, situation, uh, you know, that was a position of need for them. And, you know, obviously some things had to happen, even on draft I night mean, It was a it was an unpredictable draft from so many angles. And, I, you know, you hardly ever see that many drafts or uh, that many trades early in the first round like we saw. So when the Bills uh, moved up there to 23rd, you know, you, you're thinking that that could be a spot for Cair. Um But in terms of, uh, you know, just how early, I think there was always some interest there. But um, I remember his pro day here, if I recall correctly, I remember we asked him. He, he kind of he he was kind of uh, guarded in his answer. He he didn't really tell us which specific teams he uh, he had visits visits with. But not long after that, it seemed like Buffalo did service, uh, surface as maybe one of the players in the mix.
0: Yeah, I was at the Sabers game in Buffalo last Friday, and he was there with uh, with Josh Allen and you know, sitting in the club seats and kind of was going nuts and was kind of, he kind of had, you know, a costume type of dress up with his, I can't even remember. He had a, obviously a really nice suit on, but then I think he had something on his face. He was wearing something that was that was kind of funny and he was just having a blast. And uh, d- 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 does, does he seem like uh, just an amazing locker room guy for the next level as well? Because I hear that a lot, that he's just a really outgoing, you know, sort of gregarious type person. Um, who just makes people around him feel better. That's exactly what the Bills want in their locker room with the culture that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have built in Western New York. He he subscribes to that, Scott?
1: I think so. I mean, I've seen him, you know, in in front of the cameras with the media, he he comes across as more of a polished professional. Again, that, that speaks to really just his environment he grew up in. But I've seen him, you know, cut up plenty with his teammates. And one thing that I think stuck with me in his time at Florida, you know, um, you know, it wasn't obviously the kind of season the Gators wanted uh, his junior year this past season led to a coaching change and they, you know, finished with a losing record, which is rare at Florida. Uh, and a lot of guys, you know, in his position would have just said, Hey, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to play the bowl game. And some guys did opt out. Kayer, to his credit. Uh, he, he played in the Gasparilla bowl down at Tampa and I remember talking to him before that game. You know, why is why is he doing that? He just, you know, he felt hey, he wanted to make sure he went out with the guys he came in. And so I think you know, any if you're a general manager, or player, personnel director, that's going to catch you at your attention that that mentality that he has. And uh, but I do think he has definitely a fun side. And I I've talked to people down here. I just see his best if he can stay healthy. I think his his best days are definitely ahead because, again, I just think he's he's still evolving as a player. He, he bulked up a little bit here. Uh, he's more physically imposing than when he got here three years ago. And in, in the NFL with the resources they have and with the commitment that he's going to have, I mean, I, I think you're going to see him really develop into a nice player up there.
0: Scott Carter, our guest, at Gators Scott on Twitter. Go give him a follow and check out his work at FloridaGators.com. He is a Florida Gators football writer and insider breaking down Kyrie uh, Elam going to the Buffalo Bills. And so is it safe to say, Scott, that this is just flat out a day one starter?
1: Uh, I will not be surprised at all. I think that seems like that's why the Bills brought him in with the 23rd overall pick. And I know Kyrie, that's his plan. And I'm sure you probably saw the video of him over the weekend, you know, when he was meeting with the team officials, he, he pulled out his notebook and was already studying, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the players he will have to go against just dissecting, uh, the situation he's walking into it. That, that's just him. He, he's, he's, a, he's almost like a pro already here, you know, in his three years here, he came in and you just, you know, some guys you can tell, okay, this is a freshman. He, uh, it's going to, you know, he thinks he's a lot better than he is and it's gonna take him a while to get acclimated, but in a couple of years we might start seeing him break into the rotation. With Kyrie the minute he got here, you just sense, okay, this guy is on a mission. You know, he, he wants to play the NFL. He he was uh, just treated every day like a work day and took care of his business. Not a not a flashy guy, like I said in front of the cameras, but I, I did see enough behind the scenes to know that his teammates really respected him and he was a leader in that locker room and i think he has all those traits to do that at the next level even though there'll be a another learning curve that he will have to adjust to it in the nfl but again I, i think he's the kind of guy that can handle some of that transition maybe easier than other guys
0: so he has shorter arms and smaller hands i don't really subscribe to um, you know, before the draft, you know, during the draft, after the draft, it's amazing how many you know, pundits try to find something that a guy can't do. You know, it seems like some people try to find what they can't do instead of talking more about what they can do. I don't think that those two things are a big deal. And you know what he proved last year, Scott, as you well know, he had six picks and 26 passes defended over the past three seasons, actually, uh, at Florida. So no worries here on the shorter arm, smaller hands thing, right? I mean, he makes up for it in a bunch of other places.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was ever a concern here. I mean, if you look at him, I mean he's he's got that lanky, long build that really transitions to that position in the NFL, and you know he's very, very fast and quick. You know, quick on his feet, turns fast. Uh, I think he can overcome any of those concerns with just the natural athleticism that he's gifted with, and uh, I think that's what's got him to this point. You're right. I mean, it's. It's funny, you know, I know a lot of the the conversation is arm length and hand size and, what was it, thumb radius uh, got a lot of play on the draft telecast of it. I'm not big into that stuff either. I just see what I see on the field and from talking to coaches. And, and, I mean, it was clear he was the Gators, you know, most established, most talented defensive back, you know, really the last two or three seasons. And, um, again, he's – He'll he'll have a learning curve up there, but I think he's got all the tools uh, to succeed. And obviously, the Bills and their uh, personnel department think so too. They're never going to take a guy, well, with the twenty third overall pick.
0: So, I'm always a believer that you know if if you're good, you're good. It doesn't matter if you play in the SEC. It doesn't matter if you play at Liberty. It doesn't matter if you play at Delaware. I mean. You know, Walter Payton went to Jackson State. You know, Mississippi Valley State is where Jerry Rice went. You know, Steph Curry played basketball at Davidson. If you're good, if you're great, if you're elite, that's it. That's the story. It doesn't matter where you play. Having said that, the SEC is and has been the best conference in college football for a very long time. The expectations are crazy. It's 80,000 every Saturday. Wicked pressure. Football program history. Um, you know, monster head coaches, huge money coming through three 30 Saturday, every single weekend uh, ESPN primetime games, you know what you cover the, the, the conference. You're right next to uh, all of that. How much do you subscribe to the fact that if you take an SEC guy, he's that much more prepared because of the pressure in the conference all year?
1: You know, I mean, that's a good question. You can debate it both ways. I, I don't think it hurts at all. Uh, certainly he, there's nothing that's going to catch him by surprise in terms of a big crowd or going on the road into a hostile environment. He's been there, done that. Um, but you know, the, the speed of the games, obviously going to pick up a little bit for, uh, we know that at the next level, that's just the transition he's going to have to adapt to, but that's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think playing in a environment like Florida, um, while it's not the NFL on the field, the media coverage is probably going to be very similar, if not even more, maybe, down here. I mean, he's got 20 outlets every day that he talks down here. Of course, you're protected a little bit more in college, and you can say say no to more stuff than maybe you can in, 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 in the NFL when the locker room's open every Tuesday, and part of your contract says that's part of your job. So, But I just don't see that being an impact i think everything we've talked about in terms of his background has prepared him for that he's a guy that's you know he was going to nfl games i'm sure uh, when he was young really young when his dad was in the league and and then he was around it when uh, his uncle came up so um yeah I, i if i'm a bills fan mike i just i'm not too worried i think i think you got a guy who who will handle all that stuff without any issue
0: during his Florida Gator career, when do you think Kyer Elam, you know, was at the height? You know, do you remember a couple game stretch, uh, interceptions, tackles, just how he looked different, how he, how he looked like a future pro uh, dominating a game, you know, suffocating a wide receiver? Are there any instances, situations, games, plays that you remember, okay, this is where Elam really was at his height here at Florida?
1: I mean, his sophomore year, I thought, was his best year in terms of uh, just overall performance. Uh, it was a weird year because it was the COVID year, uh, and, you know, it was a different environment for everybody, no matter where you're where you're in Florida or in the NFL, because it's just a different world. But, you know, he made all S C C that year, and they beat Georgia that year, which was really a big win. and Again, you know, you look at Kyrie's stats. I, I can't recall off the top of my head, Mike, any any big interception for a touchdown or anything like it. It was it was what really made him stick out was just how much he knew each week. Part of the opponent's game plan was going to be going away from him because, you know, Florida had some holes defensively around him, but he was not one of them. And and at the time, Todd Grantham was the defensive coordinator here. Who he's a guy that you know, has a lot of NFL experience as a coordinator. And it was a defense that when you talk to players here at Florida, that, you know, it was confusing for them in a lot of ways. And it showed up with some confusion on the field and giving up big plays. But was one of those guys who was just hardly ever in the mix there. I mean, he he just showed up, did his job, and whatever L the Gators defense in a particular game, it usually did involve him. And that's just the sign of a guy, you know, taking care of business and and shutting down the opposing receiver. He was obviously guarding, oftentimes, the other team's top playmaker. And, um, you know, and he had one stretch where I knew he had a – he banged up his knee, and they were real conservative uh, with bringing him back. Uh, and he took his time to get recovered. And when he came back, he just looked like the, the same guy. Again, there was nothing – Nothing that flashes out right away to your question, but it just the uh, Mr. Consistence the way I think of Kyron. Uh, that's that's what you have to be in the NFL, or you're not going to be around there that long. You're going to have to come up and be a pro right away, and and uh, you know make statements on the field, but mostly just do your job at at a high level. that's what we saw here in Florida.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, final couple of minutes that I have left for you. I I wanted to kind of combine two things. One is when you lose a player of Elam's status, obviously, there is a gaping hole. Now, it's Florida. They're not Florida, Florida from days gone by, but there's still major four- and five-star athletes who come into Gainesville. Uh, What does this roster look like Um, you know, without Elam in terms of, you know, depth and productivity? I mean, are there guys in the waiting and all that? And then just kind of take it beyond that as far as what you expect from Florida in 2022.
1: Well, you know, it's a big hole to replace without question. Uh, You know, there was talk after the season, would would he or would he not go to the NFL? But, you know, that was more or less media chatter. I think everyone internally knew that he was going, uh, and it was a smart decision because, you know, even though we didn't know if he was going to be a late first round, early second round, he was just ready. That's what his mission was when he got here. He was ready for that next challenge. And so whenever you have a guy like that, it's a big loss. I mean, you have a, a young guy, Jason Marshall Jr., who emerged last year as a true fresh from playing obstacle here. Uh, but there's some holes on this defense. Again, Florida went 6-7 and seven last year. Dan Mullen got fired, Billy Napier's here, and you see really just this draft alone. I mean, the Gators only had three players drafted, which was the fewest in a decade, so the talent level was down, and that's why, again, why I thought Cair stood out uh, defensively and really on the whole team. I mean, he was just one of those difference makers, and they, and Florida usually has several of those, but they, they didn't this past season, and and it showed with the draft results. And uh, I think Billy Napier has a big challenge here. Uh, I think they really have rebooted the program in a lot of ways behind the scenes, add more staff, more analysts, more analytics. Uh, it's really a modernization of the program here that it's probably, uh, you know, been needed for a few years. And I think it finally caught up with the Gators, you know, the last couple seasons and, uh, you know, having Kyrie around certainly, uh made it better than it might have been without him. But, again, I think there are some holes to fill. He's a a big loss. There's no other
0: way to say it. Well, this was outstanding, breaking down the Buffalo Bills' first-round pick, Kyer Elam, cornerback out of Florida, and Scott Carter has been doing it here on the Pandemonium Podcast. Just a terrific spot. At Gator Scott, give him a follow on Twitter. And, of course, FloridaGators.com, the Florida Gator football insider and writer. Scott, thank you a million for doing this. Appreciate the breakdown of Elam. It sounds like the Bills are getting a good one. And, hey, continued success your way. I'd love to have you back sometime.
1: All right, Mike, enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I think the Bills got a good one too, man.
0: All right, in the final, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes uh, of the podcast, I'm going to go through all of the picks uh, for the Bills. Uh, You know, back to Elam just for a second, obviously. Um, He was, I I think, in the SEC, he was just an unbelievable player. Um, and, And I love the fact that the Bills are getting another guy, Who again? Every week, eighty thousand people, expectations, tradition, um, uh, you know, monster pep rallies, uh, huge fan bases, huge football brands, huge pressure. Every single week, that's what the SEC is. You're playing Alabama. You're playing LSU. You're playing Arkansas. You know, you're playing Georgia. You're playing. You're playing everybody. And Elam was was really really good for Florida. you know again I love the frame of this kid 62195 or so um, you know he's also ranked as the 5th overall for his position on most boards and he's a 32 overall rank player so you know in an 88 grade and so he comes in with every possible thing that the bills are are looking for right like good character and culture guy big time size position filler the you know it's a position of need And he should be a guy who starts right away. Uh, I I think him and Dane Jackson. And then once Trey White comes back, it'll be Trey White and Elam. I mean, that's what the Bills are expecting this guy to do. He is a day-one starter, steps in as a starter opposite White, and potentially makes it really one of the best secondaries in the NFL. When you think about the safeties of Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, you think about Elam now there, White coming back, Dane Jackson developing, etc., uh, you know, Jaquan Johnson's been playing uh, really good every time the Bills call his name. Um, you know, there, there's there's some major players for the Bills, and, um, you know, Elam just adds to that. Let's keep moving. The second round, James Cook. The Bills grab the running back out of Georgia. Just a fantastic pick here. Uh, could actually be a, a steal. I mean, really. Um, you know, Brandon Bean definitely... Uh, had interest, I think, in Brees Hall from Iowa State, but as it turns out, uh, the Bills get the third best running back based on rank in the NFL draft. We're dealing with a five eleven guy who's two hundred pounds. Uh, he's an above average route runner, natural hands guy. Um, you know, he tracks the ball well downfield, threat after the catch. He can run it as well. Patient between the tackles. And he played, again, another SEC guy. He played for the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And, look, for all the accolades the defense got, and rightfully so, it was one of the uh, terrific single-season defenses in the history of college football. Uh, There's some pretty good guys on offense, too, and James Cook would be uh, exactly that. Now, listen, Buffalo has a bunch of backs right now, but Zach Moss is now on call, right? He is now, dude... Let's see what you got, because he hasn't developed as, as we hoped, and he's the only back on the roster who isn't either a restricted or unrestricted free agent in 2023. So, um, you know, look, Cook projects as a great compliment to Devin Singletary, and he could take over, for all we know, as the number one in 2023. You know, that could that could come to fruition for the Bills in the running back room. So uh, I, I just thought, you know, that pick from Cincinnati – uh, the moving and shaking the Bills did. You, you get James Cook there. I just thought that was a terrific pick. Number, uh, the third round, uh, Terrell Bernard uh, out of Baylor, an inside linebacker. I don't know a lot about him. I don't watch a ton of Big 12 football. But, again, just kind of a piece for the Bills as they continue to figure out what they want to do uh, with linebackers across the board. Uh, we know Matt Milano, you know, will will we'll be there uh, for a while Um but they want to kind of keep getting pieces depending on the future of Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, The guy just turned 24 years old the other day for crying out loud. Um, And, you know, people get on Edmonds a lot, which is really wild to me because every single time, you know, look, he isn't the player that the Bills had hoped at this particular moment, but he's also not awful at the same time. Does he get beat off blocks? Sure. Does he get dominated in the open field? Sometimes he does. Is Matt Milano far more important to the defense than uh, Tremaine Edmonds? And, and, and you know, is, is he worth more money? Of course. Would you rather pay Dawson Knox and two other guys than pay Tremaine Edmonds? Right now, down the line, you probably would, right? But Tremaine Edmonds, it, 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 he's not awful. He's not an awful football player. And I feel like so many people have made him out to be awful. Listen, all you have to do is, and I know sometimes numbers lie, just go to a box score of a Bills game. Look at the leading tackler. I'm here to tell you that Tremaine Edmonds last year, without even looking, you know, had to have been what five to eight games at minimum that Tremaine Edmonds led the Bills in tackling. So there's still a lot there, but I think the Bills do want to build around you know that inside linebacker, middle linebacker uh, type of a thing, some depth, uh, you know, versatility, um, you know, explosive players to maybe come in for a down and then spell somebody. And I think Bernard out of Baylor fits that. Tell you what, no fourth round pick as we know. The Bills sat that one out. They had traded up in the first round to get Kyer Elam. And they used their late fourth capital there. Uh, but in the fifth round, the Bills, look, I think they got another steal here. Um, this one was from Houston through Chicago. The Bills, man, jump up and get this guy. What a great pick this was, okay? Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. This is... This one could end up being, believe it or not, the best draft pick for the Bills. I know they have Jamison Crowder, but he's on a one-year deal. You brought back Isaiah McKenzie. I think Shakir is probably a first-round talent The Bills got in the fifth round. He's that good. He's an instinctive open field runner, uh, plucks the ball out of the air, makes the first guy miss, top-end speed, and see you later. And, you know, look, a lot of people have him projected as a really, really good slot guy, super fast, perhaps even a guy who, uh, you know, could put up Cooper Cup-like numbers down the line. I mean, let's, you know, obviously hold off on that. But I think Shakir is a really, really good player. I, and, and look, he made the most of his ability to produce with the ball in his hands, um, you know, mostly because he got the ball in his hands quickly. Um, and you use him in the run game. You can use him as a returner. Um but he is at his best working out of the slot. He's really tough going over the middle. As soon as he makes that first catch and he makes a guy miss, it, you know he could be a game breaker. So the Bills, as we've talked about a lot, you know the Chiefs in recent years have had the breakaway speed. Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup is a breakaway speed guy. The Bills, for as good as their offense is, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs are not lightning, you know game breaking type players. These two guys have the potential. James Cook out of Georgia and Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. These guys have potential to be home run threats for the Buffalo offense. And I am pumped up to watch Shakir in the Buffalo offense with all those tools. Tricky Bills, Isaiah McKenzie, Mixon and matching, sharing Reps, tons of speed. I love this pick. I love it. Uh, now, here we go, the punting guy. The Bills needed a punter in this draft, no doubt, because Matt Hawk, right, was dreadful for for a big part of last year. Uh, and they go to, I've heard a couple different pronunciations on this kid's last name, uh, so I've heard Matt Ariza the most, so I'm going to go with that. Um, i tell you what, they got probably the best punter in the draft in the sixth round. I mean, that's incredible. This is a guy who's fought adversity. He's 6'1", 200, by the way. Great size. He lost the punting job in 2020, and then he responded by turning himself into the best punter in college football last year. He was the best punter in the game. 51.2 yards per punt. He can boom at 80 yards. He set an FBS single-season record and had 40 punts down inside the 20-yard line most in the FBS in 2021. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info. Hey, listen to this one, too. He also made six tackles in 2021, and he also kicked off and served as the team's place kicker the past three seasons. It seems like he's a stud on paper, and for the Bills to get him in the sixth round is just bravo again by Brandon Bean. Unbelievable pick. Fills a really, really important need And the Bills could use more of the pinning inside the 20, inside the 10, and all the rest. Um, And and I think is going to be a fantastic player for Buffalo. Uh, Sixth round, uh, Christian Benford, Villanova corner. I don't know a lot about him, but again, a depth piece for the secondary there. In the sixth round, they also took Luke Tenuta out of Virginia Tech offensive tackle, just straight up, again, a depth pick. And then Balin Spector, the Clemson inside linebacker, goes in the seventh round. Um... You know, so I think overall I'd probably give the Bills a B plus draft. Uh, I think they they did a really nice job in this in this draft, checking a ton of boxes. Um, you know, they filled major major needs in terms of the cornerback position first and foremost with Elam, and then later on, you know, with with depth picks. Um, you know, in this thing with Benford, uh, you know, the, the, I just think the Bills really really addressed their their main hole. And then also, you think about this team. You know they had to to find a guy with break, you know, game breaking ability. Um, you know, just an explosive guy. Last year they were in on Travis Etienne. This year we thought they were getting J D. McKissick. He ends up, we think, coming to the Bills, and then he gets a, an offer from the Commanders, and then he ends up going back to Washington and signing with them. James Cook, I think, can bring a lot to the table that the Bills thought they were getting with McKissick maybe not as much in year one, but certainly in year two. Um, And and so that was just a great move as well. They, they check the boxes of depth and versatility. That's a big thing with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. They check the box of, of young players too. Right. I mean uh, you know, the, the bills love to draft young players, keep them under, you know, that team control and, and really um, you know, develop them and 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 watch the growth through the years and there's no question in my mind that these guys the bills picked uh are you know they were on the radar way in the beginning the bills always do their homework um you know Kyer elam for example is 20 years old you know he turns 21 uh i guess tomorrow um and so Um, it's just a really, really great pick. Um, and I think the bills are going to do great by, by, I I just think Elam's going to do great by the bills, you know, and like I said, they fill a lot of needs across the board, um, you know, positions of need, they filled, you know, check off the box for depth, check off the box for versatility, check out the, you know, check the box for youth, uh, and, and drafting and developing. I mean, that's been an M.O. of the Bills. You know, you look at, you know, you look at Taron Johnson. You look at a lot of the players the Bills, you know, have taken the last few years. You look at Gabe Davis. You know, you look at all these guys, development. I mean, look at Tremaine Edmonds. I just talked about him. You know, think about the age the Bills got him at in the NFL draft, right? And so they just did a really great job checking all the boxes they had to check um, from depth to versatility to young drafting and developing to, position of need, um, you know, best player on the board in a couple of different cases. I mean, Matt Ariza, probably, you know, the best punter, the best player on the board by the time the sixth round rolled around, he wasn't even taken. Um, so the Bills did a heck of a job here. I, I would give them a B plus. I really would. I think this draft was terrific for the Bills, and they just keep, you know, keep going. Um, and, you know, now you you, you got to get to camp, and the expectations are, are going to be through the roof. This team... Is the front runner to win the Super Bowl according to a bunch of people? Um, so the pressure is on, uh, game on. The Bills have got to try and get through the Chiefs. They've got to get try and get through this unbelievable AFC with you know the Raiders making moves, picking up Devonte Adams. You get Chandler Jones. You've got the Chargers making moves. J.C. Jackson and company uh, trade for Khalil Mack. Tyreek Hill is now in your division. Uh, the Jets had a really good draft, right? The Ravens aren't going anywhere. The Steelers are going to be back competing. The Bengals are the defending AFC champions, right? You've got the uh, Tennessee Titans, very tough team, sound defense, Derrick Henry will be back. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's in Denver. I mean, the AFC is, AFC is crazy. And so the Bills, you know, look, it, it won't matter if the Bills are the best team, because if you're the best team, you beat everybody anyway, right? But a great draft for the Bills. I would give them a B plus. Thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley, Bills Mafia. Please get us on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow the YouTube page. Go get us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter at Built Buffalo underscore and listen to all of the shows, audio and video, plus read the articles at the website. I'm telling you seven days a week of Buffalo Bills coverage. It's terrific to be a part of this platform. So go go uh, follow and subscribe. Everywhere on social platforms on your smartphone device. Hit me on Twitter at MikeL Sports as well. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.